14001 2015 Environmental Management Systems, how to, what to do, when to do it, who does it, what's involved, what's the training, what do we need to write, what policies, procedures, what processes do we need. In this video, we're going to be answering the 10 most common questions that we get and Google gets and YouTube gets around ISO 14001 2015 Environmental Management Systems. I can talk you through how to implement management systems, I can talk you through what to focus on, I can talk you through your priorities and I can do that in subsequent videos but in this video we're going to be going through and talking about the 10 most common questions. I've got some people here in the studio helping me. I've got um, Alicia here on the side, she's got 10 questions for me. We're going to use this format that we ran really well yesterday. So welcome to episode two of Ask Best Practice. This is our new format that we announced for you guys. We're going to be rolling this out once a week, tw twice this week, but going forward, we're going to be doing it once a week. I want you guys to get your questions in. So if you have got questions around these topics that we talk about here at Best Practice, either comment on the videos, and I got some great questions yesterday, which I'll circle back to in a future Ask Best Practice. Next week in episode three, we'll go through some of the questions from the comments on episode one's video, and then we'll get into a good routine with answering your questions. ISO 14001 is an environmental management system standard. It's a great framework for helping your organization to understand what your environmental issues are, how to prioritize what to work on, and then to have a really simple framework for helping to improve your environmental performance. So the question I really like to start with is, have you got a clear picture of your organization's environmental performance? Have you got a clear picture of what the environmental issues are, like the real environmental issues for your organization? Not just paper recycling, not just making sure that um, you look after the garbage or you maybe have a worm farm in the office kitchen. This is about the real environmental, real environmental impact that your organization can have. So we're gonna go through the 10 most common questions around ISO 14001. Uh, it's always really exciting to see where everybody is watching from. Yesterday we had a great crowd from all over the world. I got lots of great comments overnight. So if you are watching this after the recording, if you've come on after the recording, still comment. Uh, I got some great comments uh, last night after episode one through the night, which was fantastic. And I'll try and respond to everybody today so if you are watching after recording, still let us know where you're watching from and let me know at the end of the video what has been the most useful thing for you to take away from it. So Alicia, you've got 10 questions. Yep. Let's get into them. Okay, so the first one is what is 14001? Okay, so what is ISO 14001? ISO 14001 is an environmental management system standard. We talked about it yesterday in episode one. ISO is the International Organization of Standardization. So it's the global benchmark. It's a conglomeration of a whole bunch of countries that all come together to say, well, this is the global specification. This is the global standard that we're gonna use in companies to handle environmental management, to handle sustainability, to handle environmental programs, you can use it to follow that standard. So ISO, International Organization of Standardization, 14001, 14001, and the year, the edition is 2015. It's the international standard that sets out the policies, procedures and processes and specification for environmental management system. There are obviously lots of different ISO standards. The cameras that we're using right now have standards for the different light levels and ISO standards in cameras. There's obviously ISO standards for things like fire extinguishers, for helmets, hard hats, safety equipment. 14001 is the environmental management system specification. Okay, cool. What's the next question? Um, what does it mean to be 
ISO 14001 certified. So ISO 14001 certification is all about making an external declaration. So it's a little bit off shot at the moment, but we've got our ISO 14001 logo that's here. That's the global best practice benchmark for an environmental management system in your organization. So what it means to be certified is that somebody else has come in and checked you and worked with you. And it's like going for a test. It's like going for your driver's license test. I'm sure lots of you can drive, but you need to go to somebody external to get checked and approved. And what happens with ISO 14001 certification is that you apply to a certification company or an auditing company, and they'll come and do an environmental audit of your organization. They'll give you some recommendations. And once you've closed off those recommendations, you can then declare that you've got an environmental management system in place. That might be something that's interesting to some of your customers. It might be interesting to some of your stakeholders or regulators. If you're working in an industry that maybe creates a bit of pollution, they like to see that you're working on processes to be minimizing the amount of pollution you make each year and getting better over time. So making that external declaration, you've got an environmental management system in place is important. In different countries, it's called different things. Here in Australia, we call it certification or environmental certification. In some countries, it's called environmental accreditation. In North America, it's called a registrar or a registration. Uh, that's what we do here at Best Practice. That's our core business or one of our core businesses is helping organisations to attain that certification. And we are a registrar. We're a certification company or a registrar or an accreditation organisation where we can give you that accreditation to that international standard. Uh, next question. Okay, so why is it so important? Why is ISO 14001 so important? Why is the standard so important? Well, we've only got one planet and we probably should look after it. So I'm quite passionate about environmental management. I'm, I'm passionate about sustainability and having an environmental management system in your organization is a great way to bring attention to the issues that may not necessarily be talked about very often. So having a system in place uh, ISO 14001 is really important. It provides a really tight framework. So it's kind of like, it's not limitless. It says, this is all you really need to do. You can follow this framework, you can follow this model, you can follow this method methodology, and that's all you need to focus on. So it's a lot of people get a lot of anxiety. I'm not sure if I'm doing everything I need to do. Well, the 14001 standard gives you a nice tight little framework methodology to follow to be managing environmental management in your organization and looking after that number one planet. Uh, we've only got one planet. We all need to share it. We all need to look after it. Uh, we can't quite get off it just yet and go somewhere else. So I think it's a good idea to be managing our climate change and managing environmental management and bringing awareness to it. So whether climate change you know, is or isn't a thing and whether it's being debated, we can definitely think locally and we can look after our local environments and we can protect them for our future generations, for our kids and our grandkids and even ourselves. Next question. What is the difference between ISO 14000 and ISO 14001? Okay, so we've got two standards. What's the difference between ISO 14000 and ISO 14001? ISO 14000 with all the zeros, so 14000 or 14000 is the dictionary. It's the terms and definitions. It sets the context for the standard. Uh, I've been doing a lot of litigious work lately, working with lawyers and working with contracts and deeds of release and, 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 uh, and agreements, settlement agreements um, with um, some legal uh, processes I've been going through. All of those contracts I've been working on have terms and definitions at the beginning of those documents. 
the 14001 series of standards or any of the ISO standards are no different. But because there's a few terms that need explaining, they've put together a separate document that's ISO 14000. ISO 14001 and any ISO standard that ends in a 1, so here at Best Practice we work with ISO 9001, 45001, 27001, 14001. The standards that end in a 1 are the framework standards. They're the standards that you can use to follow to set up systems in your organisation, so business systems. These standards are about implementing your business plan. They help you with a process to implement the objectives of the company. So if your company is, has an objective to be a good environmental citizen or, or look after sustainability, then you can use this framework to implement that objective, implement that business plan. So the business plan might be, you know, we need to be profitable, we need to be an upstanding citizen, we need to be, you know, an industry leader, and we need to have great sustainability programs and look after our environment. You can use 14001 to implement that objective. So uh, that's the difference between 14000 and 14001, the dictionary and the framework. Next question. Okay, so how do I become ISO 14001 certified? Okay, question is how do you become ISO 14001 certified? So here in Australia, it's called certification. Some countries call it accreditation. So how do you get ISO 14001 certification? How do you get ISO 14001 accreditation? How do you get ISO 14001 registered? They're the different terms for different parts of the world. You apply to an external company uh, like best practice, we've got the global standard, the global best practice standard, that's our trademark um, to, to, for you guys to note. You make an application. So th the step before that though, is you need to have the framework implemented in your organization. So the, the simple steps would be doing a gap analysis and learning the standard, implementing anything that's missing, and then approaching an organization like best practice coming to us and saying, we would like to apply for ISO 14001 registration, accreditation, certification. We'll then work with you to review your management system, your policies, your procedures, and your level of implementation in a two-step process. We call it stage one, stage two. We might help you with a gap analysis. We might do a gap analysis first. Then when we're confident you've got everything in place, we can do a two-stage process where we'll look at your systems and processes. Then we'll get you to show us how you run your business. You'll be showing us how you look after your environmental programs, how you implement your environmental programs, how you do your environmental training for your staff, how you do your monitoring and measurement to get yourself a clear picture of your organization's environmental performance. If you then follow all of the intent of the standard and you meet all of the intent of the standard, we'll issue you with a certificate that says, hey, you've got an environmental management system in place. You're effectively using it to manage your environmental performance and you're committed to improvement. And then we'll be coming and visiting you on a six monthly or annual basis. So quarterly, six monthly or annual basis to check in on you, to see that you're improving your system, that you're improving your performance, that you're working your way to being a better environmental citizen uh, to look after this number one earth that we've got or this globe that we've got that we all need to share and look after. Thank you, next question. How long does it take to become ISO 14001 certified. Okay, so the question is, how long does it take to become ISO 14001 certified? That is how long's a piece of string. We talked about this yesterday in episode one with ISO 9001. I've seen ISO 14001 projects completed or implementation projects completed in 14 days, 21 days. I've seen them take two years. For an average organization, from the day we get a phone call to the day we issue the certificate, on average, it's about six months. And that is you're doing your research, you know nothing about 14001, you're learning about it, then you're learning what you need to implement, then you're doing the implementation, you're making some change in your organization, 
you're starting to track your environmental performance and then you've got everything in place and you're confident to get certified on average it's about six months but if you want to accelerate that process and do it faster then it's going to need more resources it's going to need full attention of your leadership team it's going to need full attention of you and it's going to need maybe some external consulting support so if you want to accelerate that six month time time frame you can put more resources into it so that's a good gauge you can sort of say is it going to be more or less than six months uh, but that is a good example that it takes about half a year. And if you think about 2020, it's gone really, really quickly. That six months will go really, really quickly. So I think my lesson uh, more than anything is now is the time to start and now is the time to get onto it because time moves really, really quickly. Next question. Um, who needs the ISO 14001 certification? That's a good question. So who needs ISO 14001 certification? If I think about the clients that we work with here at Best Practice and my career, uh, Organisations with pollution licences. So I've seen organisations that have, you know, maybe their industry uh, releases a waste product out into the environment. It might be, it might be gas up a chimney or smoke up a chimney. It might be uh, runoff or water pollution. It might be sewage being put into the ocean. Uh, it might be odours. It might be smells. Uh, in some instances. Uh, factories and production facilities have these licenses to discharge into the environment they may need to do some treatment processes uh, you may also be a landfill facility so here in our jurisdiction uh, organizations with an, a, an environmental protection authority license also need to have an environmental management system in place and that system is designed to help them improve their performance so over time their performance gets better and better so less and less pollution so they definitely need to have ISO 14001 certification if you are doing government tendering in some jurisdictions so depending on your customers uh, but I do know that a lot of government departments and, a gov and government agencies require their suppliers to have a sustainability program in place using ISO 14001 certainly here in Australia uh, the state and commonwealth levels of government do for certain value projects above a certain value require you to have a sustainability program in place they see themselves as a model customer and they want to elevate industries and they put these programs in place for you guys to uh, to implement systems around the world uh, you might choose then to also have a sustainability program if you're a global brand so you can look at global brands like apple or amazon or google they all have small sustainability programs some of them take that sustainability program right out to an international level or international benchmark level which would be 14,001. so um, who needs to have it it's people that uh, are working with potentially customers or markets that uh, that demand it or or it's actually becomes a differentiator in your market Thank you. That was a good question. Next question. What are the ISO 14001 requirements? Okay, ISO 14001 requirements. For those of you guys watching live, I see there's a few people live on YouTube and obviously some people live on LinkedIn. For you guys watching live, if you have got questions, uh, please drop them in the comments. So the comments on YouTube and or the comments on, uh, on LinkedIn. And I think, are we also live on Facebook, Luke? Yes, we're live on Facebook. So drop it in the comments and I'll try to answer your questions. Um, let me know in the comments, has this been helpful so far going through these questions? Okay, this question is, what are the ISO 14001 requirements? I've got a copy, a hard copy here of the ISO 14001 standard, 2015. In that standard, in the contents page, and the contents page is on uh, just inside the cover there, there is 10 sections to the standard and the requirements are laid out in the sections. Uh, what we have obviously is the first section is scope then we talk about references or it's a little bit more of the dictionary definitions uh, terms and definitions context of the organization needs to be established so the first thing to do is sort of 
what are the boundaries? What are the parts of our organization that we're going to apply our environmental management system to? Or in what parts of our business are we going to manage sustainability? Uh, five, it talks about leadership. We need to get leadership on board. We need the drive and attention of leadership. We need them to set the strategy and lead the team into looking after sustainability and our sustainability program. Six is planning. How do we plan our environmental management and plan our sustainability? What support resources do we need in the form of people and money and equipment, tools, communication, training, uh, all those sorts of things sit in, into support. Operation is all about the actual program. Who's doing things? What are they doing? When are they doing it? How are they doing it to manage the sustainability issues we've identified? Uh, then we talk about performance evaluation. We need to track our performance. We need to see whether the work people are doing is having an effect. Is the intentional practice that we're doing, the best practices we're implementing in our organisation, are they helping to actually increase, you know, decrease our pollution or increase our environmental performance? Uh, and that is the performance evaluation section nine. And then section 10 is improvement. Over the page uh, on the contents there, section 10 is all about improvement, which is the strategies we can put in place when the graph, when the performance graph is not doing what we want it to do, how do we go and investigate that? How do we make changes so that we can actually drive that improvement and we can stick to it and we can focus on it and we can be tenacious and we can actually push the organization's environmental sustainability programs so we get those benefits that we're looking for. Okay, next question. What are the benefits of ISO 14001? That's, that's topical. <laughs> we can talk about the benefits. So the benefits of ISO 14001, I think we can talk about A, the benefits of the standard, but we can talk about the benefits that the standard brings. The benefits of the standard, like the number one benefit is it's a simple framework to follow. You don't kind of need to make it up as you go. I think the benefits of implementing 14001 are quite wide ranging. For me, it's about declaring to the marketplace externally that you do have a environmental sustainability program in place in your organization and it's genuine. The thing that concerns me the most is that people will say, yes, we have a sustainability program, but it's not actually focused on the real hardcore environmental issues of your organization. You might be a massive factory and you're saying, yeah, we've got a paper recycling program, but it's not, you know, it's not um, looking at and managing the enormous amount of waste product that the factory generates. Uh, for an organisation like ours, one of our big environmental issues is greenhouse gas emissions from people flying on aeroplanes. So for, for the COVID-19 crisis and here in 2020, all of our flights basically went to zero, all our corporate travel went to zero. And so our, our actual environmental footprint became quite good. We minimised our greenhouse gas emissions. I can see corporate travel starting to come back slowly. We're gonna to have to really think about, can we use more of this online virtual meeting uh, to be keeping our environmental footprint lower, if that makes sense. Uh, one of the other initiatives we run here at Best Practice, which is something that not a lot of people think of is our power consumption. By running laptops and notebook computers in our office here at Best Practice, they typically use less power than a desktop computer. So it's a small initiative, it's only a minor one, but from a power consumption perspective, if you use notebook computers, they typically use less energy than a desktop computer. Uh, Mr. Swift, hello Roger. Good to see a handsome man on the feed on LinkedIn. What's the best way to identify the compliance obligations related to our environmental aspects? Very technical question, Roger. Let me just reframe that for some of our audience. So Roger's asking about what are our compliance obligations for environmental aspects. Let's talk about what are your legal and contractual obligations for your sustainability issues? So uh, what we're seeing is a trend change out there in the marketplace 
from saying environmental management, uh, we're seeing younger generations refer to it as sustainability. So are there any legal requirements? Are there any laws and regulations for sustainability or environmental issues? Uh, are there any contractual requirements? Are there any codes of practice? Are there any uh, you know things that we need to comply with industry standards? And what Roger's asking there in the comment is what's the best way to, to identify that? Uh, all I can say is that we need to do two things. We need to do an activity in perpetuity. The activity is Google searching, uh, joining industry newsletters, watching the internet, thinking about who your regulators are, asking your customers, asking your suppliers, excuse me, what are some of the environmental issues that we need to pay attention to? Too much talking this morning. So, uh, Roger, the, and my answer to the question would be, I would be, if I'm a person just getting into this, I would start with some Google searching. I would write a very specific Google search question. What are the environmental issues, what are the environmental laws and regulations for manufacturing? What are the environmental laws and regulations for a restaurant? What are the environmental laws and regulations for a warehouse? What are the environmental laws and regulations for a consultancy company? And you can start to see, you can get very specific and then you can see what's coming up in terms of responses and then scanning, you know, the top two pages, not just the first response on Google, but the first two pages. Look at every single post that comes up in your Google search and it's going to start to show you trends of the things to consider and then you can go and do a deep dive. Here in Australia, we're very fortunate that each of the levels of governments produce uh, written material on their websites of the environmental laws and regulations and sometimes the codes of practice. So here in Australia, we're really fortunate that the legislation, laws and regulations, acts and regulations, enactments of parliament and regulations are produced on legislation specific websites. So if you are here in Australia, you can go to legislation.gov.au or legislation.newsouthwales.gov.au or legislation.wa.gov.au and that's going to give you the, the acts and regulations that are in force. Then you can go and look for water pollution or air pollution or environmental management. Uh, in New South Wales, for example, it's the Protection of the Environment Operations Act or the Environmental Planning and Assessment Act. You can see environment, so you can do a search for environment. Um, Subas down, I think you're in Melbourne. Thank you for your question. How do you ensure environmental conformance? So environmental conformance is about looking at the legislation and about analysing it to see whether you comply with it. It's not something that's simply just done with a, you know, a five-minute exercise looking at each of those environmental requirements that you need to comply with. Uh, a really simple way to do that is if, you know, if this is a law or regulation we need to comply with, um, a very simple old school technique is to print off a copy of it and go through and tick and cross whether you are doing the things it requires. Yes, I appreciate it's very detailed, but there's no simple way to do this. That's why it becomes a whole industry. But improving conformance is saying, hey, I did a Google search. Hey, I looked at it and I've been through and I've reviewed. Yes, no, we are doing these things or getting some advice inside your organisation. So ensuring environmental conformance is another thing. You know, that comes with the success of your training and competency. As a manager in your organisation, you really only got one job. That one job is to motivate and train people. So how do you ensure conformance? It's important that the people in your organisation that maybe have control of an organisation that could cause pollution or could cause a breach of a compliance requirement, the manager of that area is aware of A, the law, and then B, they are motivated to comply with the law and they're trained so they know how to do their job properly so that you don't break the law. So how do you ensure conformance versus how do you ensure you know what the conformance is? There's two parts to that. So I hope that answered your question. Okay, uh, I think we're up to the final question. What's question yeah. 10? 
finally, what is the cost of ISO 14001? Okay, so the cost of ISO 14001, it's variable. Uh, we found yesterday that that question, uh, I didn't really answer the question in episode one when, they, when I was asked what was ISO 9, the cost of ISO 9001. Online at Best Practice, we have an online calculator. You can put in the details of your organisation and it can give you the specific cost. So cost of ISO 14001 is basically in a number of parts. The actual certification cost, which is often the cost people are asking, you can use our online calculator to give you that answer. But there are a number of costs involved in implementing ISO 14001. The first is your salaries and wages. So the money that you're earning to, to understand and implement the system in your organization is the first cost. The second cost is the cost of any training programs and elevating competency around your team in the organization. You might have some external costs for consultants to help you build the system. I have seen in industries and organizations that have then had very complex environmental issues to solve where they might have had air pollution consultants or noise pollution consultants or water pollution consultants or waste management consultants or strategy strategy consultants or supply chain consultants. So there's costs sometimes when you're starting to realize that actually there's environmental, there are some environmental issues in your organization that are not being managed. It's the cost to manage the issue. So there's a number of costs there. And then obviously the cost of certification, if that's something you're seeking, you can use our online calculator. Uh, small organizations between maybe five and 10 people, you might be looking at 10,000 US dollars to get certified and 5,000 US dollars per year to maintain it. Uh, if, you look, if you're an organization that maybe has, you know, um, say 15 to 50 staff, you might be looking at 15,000, you might actually, you might be looking at $25,000 to get certified and $15,000 a year to maintain it. It's really hard for me to give you a guide. That's why we've built an online calculator. So you can go to bestpractice.biz forward slash services click on management system certification and you will see our online calculator. You can pop in some details about your company and that will give you an estimation, uh, pretty accurate estimation for the cost of getting certified with best practice. Different providers of the certification obviously charge different costs, but it'll give you our cost online right now if you wanna to go to that right now on our website. Okay, uh, thank you for your assistance. Thank you. Um, you guys listening here in the studio, have you guys got any questions? Did anything come to mind? We are talking about sustainability, but um, You've got some notes there. Oh, I was just going to ask um, your clients what are some of the challenges they might expect when getting certified? Okay, so I'll, um, I'll go over the question. So the question was, for our clients, what are some of the challenges that they might experience when they're getting certified? Look, I think the first challenge is, uh, is, is actually getting everybody on board. So um, somebody has said, we're going to work on this program, and it's actually getting some leadership and some influence in the team to say, hey, guys, I need you guys to help me with this particular project. They're all very busy doing their things. They're all very busy doing the things that they want to work on. And we need to say, hey guys, I've got something I need to work on over here or I want to work on over here. And that's actually getting people to come across um, and hang out with you and work on that. And it's no different to having two competing parties on a Saturday night uh, or Friday or Saturday night, which party should I go to? So it's about influence. So one of the biggest challenges is actually working on your influence skills and actually getting people's attention and showing, what, showing them what's in it for them. Uh, Greg Jusen, our COO here, calls it WIFM, what's in it for me. So I think it's very important that you understand what's in it for the other person, what's in it for the people that you want to get involved and making sure that you focus on helping them get what they want uh, first and foremost before you focus on you getting what you want. So internal influence is the biggest challenge. The second challenge is leadership attention and leadership focus. I do know that's a constant battle. 
as a leader of an organization trying to manage all the finances and the P&L and the balance sheet and all those elements, although I want to be working on sustainability, it might not be something that's top of my list because I've got other emergencies to deal with. So it is, under, it, it is getting your project elevated in the priority list uh, in an organization. Uh, and then, then I think there's some cultural issues with whether people actually care about sustainability or care about getting certified. And, and there are some, definitely some cultures that, um, you know, they're against climate change, they don't understand it, they are, you know, maybe a little bit delusional about it. And you've got to think about the cultural issues that they might be more concerned about financial things and what's going on with the COVID-19 crisis than worrying about sustainability. And in a, in a pandemic like what, what's happened in 2020, certainly environmental sustainability got pushed down the list. Uh, it's, it's people like more worried about their money right now and their health and their fitness than they are worried about like looking after everybody else. Humans are typically very selfish people. Uh, so it is a cultural challenge and it's about trying to get that bigger picture. Although we are looking after ourselves by looking after our planet, it's the right now instead of the, the proactive uh, issues in the future. Did that help? Yeah. Excellent. Question? So that's a good question. How can companies utilise the certification or using the 14,001 mark there uh, to get more business, more services? I think the first thing is obviously telling people about it. So going out and campaigning and saying, hey, did you guys know that we focus on our environmental performance? We want to help you with your environmental performance. By buying from us, you're doing the right thing by the environment. So we've got sustainability programs in place. We really care about the environment. Our competitor doesn't necessarily. So one of our differentiators is you can feel more confident in sustainability and, and global good global corporate citizenship by buying from best practice or buying from a company that's got best practice. Uh, and so that's going to help with your supply chain. So if the team at a company has got certainly some younger generations, they're more concerned about environmental management and your company is going to feel better about your supply chain. Does that make sense? Does that help? So you talk about it. I think promote it, do social media on it, do videos about it, you know, educate people, educate your customers, educate the marketplace, even educate your own suppliers that working with us uh, is, is an environmentally sensible thing to be doing. Any more questions from you? I don't think so, not yet. You're pretty happy? Yeah. Okay, awesome. <laughs> okay, so this has been episode two of Ask Best Practice. Uh, these have been the top 10 questions as they relate to ISO 14001, the top 10 most Googled questions. We're covering answers to all of these questions in our videos as we do Ask Best Practice over the next couple of weeks. I will cover your questions. So I can't see any questions there on YouTube or on LinkedIn. Actually, there's one. Uh, scroll down, actually, or is that us? Uh, that's Vanessa posting the link. Um, I want to just quickly talk about um, uh, a publication that we've just developed. Here at, Best Press, here at Best Practice in 2020, we've been building out guides. If you go to bestpractice.biz forward slash guides, you're going to see some of the free publications that we've been producing. What we have done is we've just produced a, a new publication, which is the Best Practice Sustainability Guide. It's something that we sell. If you go to bestpractice.biz forward slash services, click on our online training academy, you can jump across there and you can check out our sustainability guide. It's a new publication that we sell. It can help you implement a sustainability program and environmental management plan program and system in your organization. It's a great little guide. It's less than 200 US dollars. It's available online. You can like literally click that link and buy that sustainability guide right now. It's available at the link that Vanessa has put in the comments under my handle uh, and on both YouTube 
YouTube and on LinkedIn. So if you do want to investigate looking into a sustainability program in your organization, and you want a really simple resource, you can click that link and, and purchase and download a copy of that right now. We've put a bit of work into it. To, it shows you all about how to set up an environmental sustainability program in your organization. It follows the principles of ISO 14001, and it gives you the step-by-step -step guide on how to implement that program in the right order so that you know you're working on the right things in the right order. So it doesn't follow the stages of the standard. The biggest mistake that people make is following the step-by-step -step, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I have found that it's more effective starting with management review. And in fact, we talk about that in the sustainability guide. So if you want my best practices and my steps to implement a sustainability program in your organization in the most efficient and effective way, you can click that link and grab yourself a copy of our sustainability guide for a really small purchase of less than 200 US dollars. It's an excellent resource. So I'd encourage you all to grab a copy of it. There are more great videos here on our Best Practice YouTube channel. Uh, there's obviously more posts coming out on LinkedIn, but more stuff on the Best Practice YouTube channel. Lots of great resources available on bestpractice.biz. It's your go-to website for anything business and business system related. The newsfeed has got three new articles every single day. The YouTube channel's got heaps of videos coming out this week. I think we're going to be producing about 20 videos over the next couple of days here on the Best Practice YouTube channel. So there's lots coming out right here. You can go to the different playlists on the Best Practice YouTube channel and you can see some of our previous environmental sustainability and environmental management system webinars. It's all free. If you want to get deeper into some training, there is a course that you can purchase in the Best Practice Online Training Academy. You can go and check that out. Again, that's only a couple of hundred bucks. It's really cheap in terms of what the value that we've been putting into these courses and what we've been doing from our hundreds of thousands of hours of consulting and auditing and work we've been doing with clients over the last 16 years. Okay, that's about it for me. How are we going for time? Luke wanted me to keep it to half an hour. We went to 35 minutes. Uh, he, he sat me on a stool so I'd be uncomfortable and we have smashed it out in just over 30 minutes. So if there's no further questions, I think, yes, we've got everything. Uh, let me know in the comments, was this useful? Was it helpful? Was there some quick little reminders for you? I'm really interested to know what was the most valuable part of this video for you? I really appreciate getting the feedback on which part, what's something that you can take away from this video and you can implement please comment on either YouTube or on LinkedIn or wherever you were watching. I think we're also going to drop this on the Kobe Simmet audio experience. So if you have been listening to our podcast, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. If you haven't yet listened to the Kobe Simmet audio experience and you are a podcast person, it would mean a lot to me if you checked out the Kobe Simmet audio experience on your favorite podcast platform. I personally like Spotify, but it's also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Cast, and anywhere where you get your podcast, it's available on all those platforms. If it's not, let us know and we'll try and work out why it's not. So it would mean a lot to me if you check that out. It also mean a lot to me if this video was valuable for people in your organization. You can jump on our YouTube channel. You can click the share button under this video and you can paste that link into an email and email it out to your organization. So the good messages of best practice get out to everybody in your organization. And particularly on this subject, you guys can be better and more improved global corporate environmental citizens. Okay, if you don't see us out and about over the next couple of days, I'll be on my morning walk tomorrow. If you don't see us on Instagram, if you don't see our Instagram stories, you will definitely see all of us right here next time on Best Practice TV. Bye for now.